Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, reduce, reuse, accuse. Elliot brings the case against his girlfriend, Rachel. Their recycling bin has been stolen from the curb repeatedly, and they want to figure out who's responsible. Elliot thinks they should try to catch the thief while it's happening. Rachel thinks they should be a bit more passive. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. Hey, 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 let's talk about this. I'm just, I'm in control. I'm making progress. No, you haven't been making any progress and you're not in control. It is in control. And if you think you're in control, then you're being an idiot. Not a single thing you've done has helped. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to burst your bubble, but the camera hasn't helped and the stupid footprints haven't helped. Do you think that thing would have left footprints if it didn't want to? No. It did it because it wanted to. It wanted you to find my recycling bin. It can be anywhere. It hears what we're saying right now. Jesse Thorne, swear them in. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? Yes. I do, yes. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling despite the fact that he has no need for recycling as he is a being of pure energy? (laughs) Yes. Very well, Judge Hodgman. Elliot and Rachel, you may be seated for an immediate summary judgment in one of your favors. Can either of you name the piece of culture that I almost directly quoted as I entered the courtroom? I changed one word. Elliot, you bring this case before my court. Uh, you get first dibs. Can you guess? Uh, I can guess. Right. I, the thing that I guess would be lost. Okay, I'm entering your guess into the record. Okay. Uh, I'm not saying whether it is correct or not. Rachel, for an immediate summary judgment in your favor, do you think it is lost or something else? I think it is something else. And what is that something else that you would guess? I have no idea, but I don't think it's lost. Just make one guess. (laughs) Uh, I think it's some sort of sci-fi. All guesses are wrong! I just needed you to make a guess so that I could say all guesses are wrong instead of one guess is wrong, which is not not the quote from The Wonderful House by the author of Goodnight Moon, which is one of the Margaret Wise Brown, one of the weirdest books ever written for children. And there have been a lot of them. Uh, Elliot and Rachel, you're both wrong. It was a quote. It was a quote from that famous movie, Paranormal Activity. Oh. In which they wire up the house with cameras to observe ghosts that are stealing their recycling bins, or oh. at least in my mind. Well, I think I, we found our solution. Yeah, it's ghosts. In a, <laughs> or maybe, or or maybe not. You'll never know until you wire up your your uh, recycling bin with a GoPro or something to find out for mm-hmm. sure. Which is exactly what Elliot wants to do. Elliot, explain the case that you bring before this court. We. Uh, have lived in our apartment, our current apartment for about, uh, eight or nine months. And about an average of once a month, um, our recycling bin is stolen and it usually reappears the following week. We find, we find it filled with someone else's recycling. Someone just took it to use it. And then I'll usually be the one to discover it and bring it back home. Let me understand. First of all, where do you live? Uh, we live in Portland, Maine. 
Portland, Maine, vacation land itself. And yes. so when you put your recycling out for collection, do you bring it to your curbside? Yes. And it is stolen at, at some point after you have put out your own recycling? Yes. And so your recycling gets collected or like it gets your recycling gets collected and then someone steals it? I don't really know. We we put it out and then it's this is exactly what I want to find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we put it out and then lose track of the, the bin because it, it's out on the curb in public space. And then when we return. Well, all right. Hang on. Hang on a second. Ellie. You're going to have to give us a timeline, sir. Yeah, this walk is me. Absolutely. Baffling. Yeah, yeah. Walk me. Okay. Th- walk me through this. What day of the week do you put recycling out? Uh, we put it out Wednesday night. And you have a special bin for recycling? Yes. You put it out with garbage as well? Yes or no? No. Okay. It's just recycling. Wednesday night is recycling night in Portland, Maine. Yes. All right. We're going to get a t-shirt that says that immediately. <laughs> okay. Wednesday night is recycling night in Portland, Maine. Maybe. Maybe that's a t-shirt. I don't know yet. We'll see. Uh, and so you put it out. And, and what color is the bin? Blue, blue, and you and you put and you put all your cardboards and your empty soda cans and junk in there, right? Right. Okay. At what time? Between eight and eleven p.m. Sometimes in the morning. Okay. On sometimes on Thursday mornings. So it's so it's collected on Thursday morning. Uh, yes. Okay. Does the recycling that you have put out get collected? Yes or no? Uh, yes. By the city of Portland. Uh, I believe, yes. Right. And then... (laughs) It may be some sort of fairy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The the Portland cardboard and tin fairy Uh comes comes around. Uh, Okay. It collects your recycling and turns it into jewelry for Etsy. (laughs) When, if you leave it out in the evening... And it is, and the recycling bin is stolen or borrowed. When do you notice that it is gone? The next day when we return from work. So would be when we collect it. In a perfect world, what would happen is this: you leave the recycling bin full of recycling out on the out on the street uh, on Wednesday evening, sometime yes. overnight or early in the morning on Thursday. The Portland. Tin and cardboard fairy comes and takes away those reusable items, leaving the bin empty. You exactly. You go to work. You see the recycling bin there, still full, perhaps unless it's been collected overnight. When you come home from work, what you should see is an empty recycling bin that you then take and put into your garage or whatever. Is that more or less what's supposed to happen? Exactly. Okay. So in that time frame, leaving it out Wednesday night. Going to work, coming home, when you come home from work, sometime in that area, the recycling may or may not have been collected, but the bin is missing when you come home from work. Is that correct? Correct. And this happens about once a month? Uh, yeah, on average, I would say. Okay. So, and and then mysteriously, the bin that has gone missing will suddenly reappear. And where does it reappear? At the foot of your bed? In the middle of the night? <laughs> no. Uh, no, it usually is in in or around the same spot we would leave it. And now it has someone else's recycling in it. Exactly. 
And will it reappear typically on recycling night? In other words, does whoever is taking it take it, fill up the fill up the your bin with their recycling, then drag it back over to your curb for it to be collected on Wednesday night, or could it just be random? Could it be a Sunday? Could it be a Friday? Uh, no, it's on recycling night. Someone's right. using it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Gotcha. So that's weird. Yeah. That thing is either haunted <laughs> or you have a creepy neighbor. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Or more than one. Or more than one creepy neighbor. Sure. But it's appeared in different places. Okay. What do you mean? Uh, sometimes it's right where we would leave it, leave it, or sometimes it's been across the street. I found it tucked behind a neighbor's apartment building. We're in kind of a like a dense, um, you know, urban place as dense as it gets in in, in Maine. Portland, Maine. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you so you find it all over the neighborhood. Yeah, right, right in our vicinity. But yes, not always in the same place. Do you sus- just out of curiosity? Do you suspect that it is one perpetrator or more than one perpetrator? I I don't. I don't know. I, it, there are some confusing details that leave me wondering whether it's more than one person. If, if it's just a culture in our neighborhood to take other people's bins or, or what. So I don't, yeah. I don't know that. No, no place. No place is more. What's yours is mine. Easygoing communal living than Maine. I'm sure it's part of the culture of Portland, Maine. <laughs> Uh, yeah, fair enough. Another question out of curiosity. Uh, do you ever, are you ever driving down the road and you see your recycling bin hitchhiking and you pass it by <laughs> and then a few miles down the road, you see it again. <laughs> that hasn't happened before. Okay. No. <laughs> All right. Rachel. Yes. What is the point of conflict here? Obviously this is an amazing mystery. It is. But there is a point of conflict between the two of you. How would you say this point of conflict manifests itself? Elliot's plan for tracking down our bin thief is to mount a wildlife surveillance camera in a neighbor's apartment. So we, we live on the fourth floor. Our, our friend um, lives on the first floor that, and they have our friends, I should say. They have an apartment that overlooks the the area where the bin is most often found. Mm-hmm. And so he would like to mount a wildlife camera to catch the thief. Yeah. Um, yeah, th- that's the basic. And you don't, yeah, that's, that's it. And, and I don't want, and you don't want to, to do that. Exactly. And here's why. Okay. It's my first point is that it's just kind of weird and I'm not opposed to it solely because it's weird, but the, the extent to which it's weird for me is disproportionate to, to what he hopes to do with the information. Once he finds who's stealing the bin which is to give them a dirty look on the street. And that's it. Is that your entire plan, Elliot? Should you should you be able to figure out <laughs> using this wildlife surveillance camera, WSC as we call it, and you find out the identity of the thief or thieves, you're just gonna you're gonna give them dirty looks? That's as far as I've gotten mm-hmm. with my plan. Uh-huh. I I'm mostly I'll really tell you curious. I'll tell you this. That's as far as I would ever get. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. Because then you're left with the fact that you have to approach somebody and say, look, I caught you on my secret camera stealing our bin. So can you please stop? (laughs) 
just because you know who the perpetrator is doesn't mean you have to reveal to them how you got that information. Right. Uh, yeah. That, I suppose that's true. Rachel, I, I, I see, I mean, the only thing I see wrong with this plan, honestly, is that you want to mount this WSC wildlife surveillance camera in your friend's <laughs> apartment near where the, the recycling bin is often found, which to me, I think there's a high likelihood that it's your friend who's doing it. <laughs> right. That could be true. Elliot, have you asked said- your friend, have you asked your friend yet? Like, <laughs> can I put up a wildlife surveillance camera and, and as your friend like, go, Oh, I don't think that's such a good idea. <laughs> well, actually I, in preparation for the case, I asked them, it's a couple and they were all for it. Um, because they had been watching a spy movie so they were really into the idea. And I actually submitted a, an, a, an affidavit from this friend that, that, that they wouldn't mind me mounting the camera okay. in their apartment. They were watching Harriet the Spy. Harriet the Spy, Maybe. yeah. Yeah, so they're into it. Rachel, so what would you propose as an alternate plan to solving this problem? What I would prefer to do is to to wait it out and to catch them sort of on their own fault whether that's that they leave an identifying document in the bin or simply are walking out with a bin at the same time that we're outside and can, and it can be a direct, honest confrontation and sort of, instead of this sort of surreptitious you WSC. Just, you, you, <laughs> you, you just want to wait until you, you randomly get information that allows you to confront someone personally. You want to catch them yeah. in the act. Right, because then they it had it was it would be their fault that they left some kind of identifying document or that they were caught with a bin. Yeah, in it's already hands. it's already their fault. Right. Well, they're, that's, they're already doing the wrong thing. <laughs> right. They're already stealing All right. our bin. Let me take a look at some of this evidence here. I'm gonna I'm gonna walk the reader. I mean, I'm gonna walk the listener through uh, through what you've submitted. Okay. Here's a here's a picture. I see here a picture of your recycling bin. So to give people an idea, this is a, a small, like, uh, how many gallons on this recycling bin would you say there, Elliot? Um, probably 30 gallons. Yeah, it's like a knee-height blue bin, right? Right, like a tote size. Like a tote size, right, exactly. And, uh, and, you, and you have it here in, in your kitchen in Portland, Maine, with your oxaluses on the window, the creepy f- plant that opens and at night and closes in daytime. And then we see it here happily on the street where you have left it in the, looks like in the, in the morning to be collected with all your garbage and your junk. Mm-hmm. And right. So yeah. all of these recycling bins look exactly alike, Elliot. Right. So yes. how, how, how are they differentiated? Um, well, ours is differentiated by, we, we have our names and apartment numbers written on uh, two sides of it. Mm-hmm. Um, other people use tape or stickers or decorations. But effort is um, made in your community to differentiate these recycling bins. Right. And I can only assume it's because people have had similar experiences to ours and they don't want to, there will often be five to 10 recycling bins in the same place. So you want to grab the one that belongs to you. We, we actually buy the, you have to buy these bins from the city. So, do you, but but given that they are all very much alike, don't you think there is reason to conclude that this may simply be user error? Maybe once. Yeah, maybe. But the frequency that it happens, and I've I've come out 
Yeah, I, that that could be, but it just feels like we're being targeted. <laughs> Do you have you heard complaints about others on the street also having their recycling bins disappear? Um. Well, not specifically on this street. In previous apartments I've had, it was a recurring problem. Do you and think, do you, I, I, okay, so I went from, how much do you pay for these recycling bins? Uh, $10. All right, so the idea that someone in Maine might steal someone's recycling bin in order to save $10 is very plausible. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, but... <laughs> The idea, but now you've said that you've been targeted previously, which makes the paranormal, uh, paranormal activity parallel equally plausible that you're being chased from location to location by some sort of recycling bin thieving demon. That's, that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a strong possibility. (laughs) Uh, okay. Let me just say, uh, so, but as we consider these theories, you said there were other strange things that happened that make it even weirder? Yeah, yeah. Um, one time when I, I... So I, our recycling bin was stolen. Um, we didn't have it for a week. So the following week on, uh, on recycling day, I went looking for it and found our recycling bin across the street full of someone else's recycling, but which included a stack of Dungeons and Dragons manuals. Ah. Mm. <laughs> Let me, <laughs> what, what are we talking about here? Dungeon master's guide, monster, monster manual, manual. <laughs> fiend folio. Uh, you know, I'm, I think it was, I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with Dungeons and Dragons, but uh, so I, it wasn't any kind of monster manual. It, 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 they were thin, like large magazine size. And I think that they were like players handbooks mm-hmm. or and maybe campaigns. Looked, who would recycle those? They're, they seem to be kind of valuable as far as I can tell. That's the mystery. What what grown man renting an apartment in Portland, Maine would ever get rid of valuable Dungeons and Dragons campaigns? I just can't imagine the person who's like nerdy enough to have a stack of Dungeons and Dragons manuals who then decides I don't need these anymore. I'll throw them away. Yeah, we, we you're talking to so- one of them. <laughs> you throw them away? When I when I went to college of course i did maybe someone's going to college you wouldn't just like leave them in like a you know a cardboard box at a middle school and the box is just marked lonely (laughs) (laughs) i'm not disagreeing with you elliot because you're right that a, a weird abandoned collection of dungeons and dragons literature in a recycling bin that is stolen does suggest a mysterious story, a life change, uh, and, uh, of some, of some kind and, uh, and, uh, and compound that with theft and you've got something that's very intriguing, but also I want to remind you what, how, where did you find the Dungeons and Dragons manuals? In the recycling. And where was the recycling bin at that point? Uh, across the street and, from, and across yeah. the street. And so, uh, was it plainly visible from your home? 
No, no? I was looking. I was looking for our bin. Right, and was it across the, the street? Was it across the street on the on the curb? Yeah. Okay. So you were you were you were sneaking a look at all the bins, yeah. trying to find your own your own bin. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, were going. Exactly. You were going. You were you were going through your neighborhood garbage. <laughs> looking looking yeah. for things looking for evidence to to hold against your neighbors. Yes. This uh, this situation is turning you into a into a creep and a weirdo and I'd like to get it resolved. <laughs> any other Thank you. any other strange any other strange occurrences with regard to the the bins you you said you this has happened to you before in other places? Yeah, actually in a previous apartment we had it was myself and three roommates we had our recycling bin stolen um and then we replaced it and it was stolen the following week and we replaced it and it happened three weeks in a row and the 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 strangest thing about it is that uh one of my roommates um he went to work very early the night um the 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 day that recycling would be collected and our bin was already gone but all of the other bins were still sitting there with their recycling in them uh not collected so someone just took our bin and all the recycling in it and and stole it do you believe it's the same culprit Mm, well i never put it together until now (laughs) i I don't think so because it's uh we live across town from that apartment now. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's possible. It's not a huge city, so maybe I'm the one being targeted and it's been going on for years. Do you think it's possible that you might have a like a, a Mr. Hyde alter ego that when you when you fall asleep at night, you you turn into a different version of yourself who wants you to throw away all your Dungeons and Dragons books and get on with your life? <laughs> Uh, that you're doing it maybe. to yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's possible. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of compelling <laughs> theories. <laughs> there are so many compelling theories that it almost makes you not want to find out what's actually happening by putting up a video camera. Because the mystery is fantastic. Did they ever leave any other weird things in your recycling bin? The only other thing that was slightly weird was, I think this is in the evidence online as well, was that somebody had used it for their recycling and there was a container of, uh, how do, how would I put this without using the name, uh, tofu-based turkey. Oh, yes. And <laughs> chicken-flavored stovetop stuffing That's in the same. Stuffing. Yeah. Generics. That you make on the stovetop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for for not not buzz marketing the brand of stuffing and thus giving an edge to one one brand of store-bought stuffing mix that above all the others that you can get. Right. Uh, and this was also entered into evidence. Uh, I guess this was you Rachel who went around taking pictures of trash. Yeah. And the and the trash that you took a picture of was uh your recycling bin with stuff that you did not use uh, in it, including this empty box of a a popular uh, top-of-stove stuffing mix and a popular uh, uh, tofu turkey substitute, also an empty box. So we're looking here at a a vegetarian or 
we're looking here at a vegan or at least vegetarian Thanksgiving dinner fiend, right? Well, the stuffing is chicken flavored, mm-hmm. so that's the bizarre part. Yeah. Slightly bizarre. I think it's sort of neck and neck with you taking <laughs> pictures of trash. Yeah. That's I don't fair. see I don't see anything. So I mean, other than the fact that it appeared in your bin or your bin reappeared with someone else's garbage in it. Right. You know, this you know, you, you I'm 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 I noticed you didn't send in a picture of your legit trash. I wonder what conclusions we would draw from it. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? But I'm glad to that's have Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad to have this photo. Anyway, of garbage. Thank you. I think that the moment you even bring up the possibility of buying any kind of secret camera, you immediately cede any claim to be anything other than a weirdo. Like, you basically have to go to Creepo Mart to get one of those. To be fair, the camera already exists in our, in, is it your dad's camera? Yeah, it's my, yeah, my Oh, so you're a creep going back many generations. (laughs) They, they, I got the idea from my dad and and stepmother. They set this up to um, take pictures of their bird feeder. So it's like a motion detector camera. I think like hunters mainly use them, but they use it to take pictures of their bird bath and bird feeder. Sure. So yeah. Find out if squirrels are getting in there. Leaving Dungeons and Dragons books. <laughs> it and was the, big news when they found a woodchuck had been in their garden. Oh yeah, no, I I remember I I, I saw that headline. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then the final thing that you sent in, well, or one of the final things you sent in, is this picture of a recycling bin with a warning on it. Uh, it's more of a plea. Right. And this is, this is not, this is a warning or a plea is written on this recycling bin. This is not your recycling. This is not your recycling bin. Right. We just found it in the neighborhood. This is a neighbor's recycling bin that you took back into your house to photograph (laughs) and then left somewhere else. (laughs) With our Dungeons and Dragons books. Yeah. No, we, we just walked by it. And it says, and it has your... It has your neighbor's address, which is now online at MaximumFun.org. That's nice of you. Please don't <laughs> steal this tub. I don't mind the $7, but I don't have a car, and I'd like to skip the walk to get a new one. Thanks. Um, did you uh, Do you know this neighbor? No. So you, do, you don't know if this plea uh, fell on deaf or hearing ears? Well, the bin was outside the address that was written on it and the bins now cost $10. And I'm, as far as I know, they've costed, they have cost $10 for a few years now. So that goes to show that the message is one theory or one strategy that worked for that person writing the message on their bin. Because and, is, they still have. and is that a message that you would like to try, Rachel? I would try that. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to take a picture of this person and find out who he or she or they are, if it may be multiple offenders, Elliot, and your only plan is to give them, uh, a, a nasty look. Uh, what's the point of taking the picture in the first place? Well, yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't, I'm just really curious. The whole, the situation has been going on for so long and it's just so bizarre to me. I don't understand the type of person who, steals a bin which is not a good thing to do something like recycle 
which is a pretty good thing. I I don't understand that, and it it's just weird. And I want to I want to see who it is, just really to satisfy my curiosity and and give them a, a dirty look, I guess. Rachel, and I think okay. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, I it, it and I think that there might be measures like once I know who it is, I I think I could maybe come up with a strategy to get them to stop possibly such what information other than their (laughs) identity would you get that would allow you to formulate it? Like if it's a, if it's a big dangerous looking human, your (laughs) your strategy might be just like, well, let them have it. But if if it's some skinny, if it's some skinny AD and D kid, that's uh, advanced dungeons and dragons, not, not, not ADD. You understand? Or even yeah. some skinny ADD kid, then you feel like, oh, I can bully him. I can't explain that. Just it's been so long, and I just want to satisfy my curiosity. Rachel, aren't you curious to know who's out there? I'm certainly curious, and uh, it's not. Even though I think the the camera is slightly creepy, um, it's not so much that that I'm opposed to. It's just. Elliot's lack of a plan for the information. You'd like the camera to be a- attached to like a dart gun or something. Right, exactly. And it would uh-huh. go off automatically. Right. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You, you wouldn't want to kill. I mean, look, I don't want to say that you would want to kill them. You would probably just want to knock them out and tag their ears. Right. I am a high school teacher, so I would like that opportunity for confrontation, direct confrontation. Uh, no. Um, can I could I share a short anecdote about another example of Elliot's vigilante justice gone wrong? Yes, please. Before we moved into this apartment uh, last this past September, we lived across town. There was a, a condo being constructed in front of our our building, and that inver- involved what are they called? Jersey barriers. Yeah, some Jersey barriers um, around, and so some local skateboarders decided to make uh, half pipe. Uh, or what is it? Quarter, quarter pipe. pipe. Sorry, quarter pipe. A skateboard ramp. Skateboard ramp out of one of them. Um, and so that involves skate- the noise of skateboarding right outside our window at all hours of the night for, for a week or so mm-hmm. as we were trying to move out. And so we were getting frustrated with it, both of us. Um, and then one night I woke up because Elliot had come back into the room. It was probably two in the morning, three in the morning. It was the night that we were moving out of the apartment building. Mm -hmm. So we had been packing all day. Um, And he came into the room. I hadn't realized he was gone sweaty and triumphant. And what he had done was he had gone down. I don't know. I don't know. And (laughs) sweaty and triumphant. Yes. (laughs) Does not bode well. (laughs) So he had... (laughs) Brought down some kind of adhesive, I guess. I don't. Rem- I don't know the exact details. Yeah. And 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 glued pebbles and dirt all over the half pipe, ostensibly what? to ru- to ruin the experience of the skateboarder. I don't really know. What do you want to explain yourself? You what glue your plan was? what? <laughs> I can't begin to imagine the amount of time it would have taken to super glue individual pebbles to a half pipe. <laughs> such that it would make a difference what is what did you do uh, yeah that's not exactly what i did what, uh, so what what exactly did you do i um i took glue out to the quarter pipe and uh just squirted it all over the the ramp like this glue was covering the ramp and then I 
found gravel and sand and kind of uh, poured it on top of the glue and made sure some pebbles and stuff stuck. <laughs> and uh, trying when to when you make say the you ver- found gravel and sand, you mean you found it at Home Depot? <laughs> you f- no. And then mixed in some broken glass from your recycling bin <laughs> to try to hurt some children who are making noise outside your window? <laughs> no. No, it was it's part of a construction site, so there is gravel and dirt everywhere. Oh, okay. They had they had like swept it to the side to in order to skateboard and I I just grabbed a handful of all it. All right. First of all, let me understand this. You didn't like the noise that was coming cuz they were skating all hours of the night? Yeah, Rachel and, mentioned that I came in at 2 a.m. That was because I they had woken me up. Right. At at and that time. Was this a, a, an illegal quarter pipe? Uh yeah, it was in the street. It was it was on on the there is no some, there is some, no it wasn't a skate yeah. park. It wasn't a legally sanctioned Portland skate park. There was a it was a homemade quarter pipe that they had built themselves. It was right in the road. It was they didn't even have the decency to put it in their home. <laughs> no, it, it, like it, in order to use it, you needed to block traffic. And and they had. What's the it. traffic like at two a.m. in Portland, Maine? <laughs> it's light, <laughs> but they used it during the day too. And, and people would have to drive around these hoodlums. Yeah, or just wait until they got out of the way. And uh, uh, sort did, of like Wayne and Garth in Wayne's World. Yeah, yeah. Came on. That is disgusting. So did you? Uh, I know kids kids playing in the street is terrible. And it and and these ruffians, I presume they had all their fun ruined by you? Did, well, was your was your plan effective? Well, no. Or did you oh you no. left the next you left that day, you never know. Well yeah. the, my point was that it was not effective at all because either all the gravel fell off by itself or it was very easily scraped off because yeah. the next day it was totally fresh and clean again. Yeah, I needed a stronger adhesive as it turned out all right or perhaps a more appropriate adhesive something designed you know wood glue only sticks to wood you know you probably needed some uh quarter 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 pipe rock adhesive (laughs) you know jesse thorne not only hosts this podcast and the and the award-winning npr radio show bullseye and also the menswear uh, uh, podcast uh, put this on, but he's got the best adhesive-themed podcast on on fake radio these days. What's it called again, Jesse? Your glue and adhesive-themed podcast? Stick them. Stick, <laughs> stick to it. <laughs> stick it to them. Stick it, sure. Stick it to them. Yeah, okay, great. Stick it to them. <laughs> uh, well, you didn't stick it. You didn't stick it to them. Elliot and I find Rachel's evidence of your of your lack of planning, even when, even when it is malicious and per, and perhaps injury causing, to be fair warning. As I consider your plan to monitor your neighbor's behavior, Rachel, if 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 Elliot had a plan for what to do with the information as to who was stealing the bin when he got it, would you feel better? I would feel better. Okay. Yes. So what would be an acceptable plan? Let's say, let's say you are able to, I, uh, let's say I do allow this scheme and he does put in the, in the, uh, the wildlife GoPro in his friend's window and he does review the footage and he does find out who's doing it. What would you have him do with that information that would be acceptable to you? Uh, you know, 
it's hard to say because I think that no matter, well, I just, I can't really fathom how you would explain to somebody that you knew that they were taking their recycling bin without revealing that you'd caught them on camera. But I suppose a note, maybe you found out where well, they live. I don't think if you confronted someone about the recycling bin, they, they their first, the first thing they would think is that I hid a camera in an, in an apartment I yeah. don't think that they would assume that. They would presume that you saw through third eye vision. Yeah, you, you're. <laughs> I forgot to. I forgot to ask you. I forgot to ask you, Elliot, what you do in Portland, Maine. You're a remote viewer, right? <laughs> <laughs> what is your profession, uh, if you have one? Uh, yeah, I am. Uh, I'm a production manager for a small manufacturer. Um, we make uh, composting toilets oh, for okay. boats. Oh, cool. Excellent. Uh, that gives me some ideas of revenge you can take. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Rachel, what do you do up there in Portland, Maine? I am a Spanish teacher, a high school Spanish teacher. Very, muy, muy bueno. Muy bueno. Si. <laughs> uh, okay. I think I've heard everything I need in order to form my decision. I am, I am going to go into either my chambers or any of the chambers on my block because all of this property is communal and i'll sit there and um come to my decision i'll be right back uh, to give it to you in a moment please rise as judge john hodgman exits the courtroom rachel how are you feeling about your chances in the case i'm feeling okay yeah i'm, I'm feeling like the point has been made that elliot needs to have a plan i feel pretty good about about my side <laughs> Do you think that by crushing Elliot's dreams, you're just consigning yourself to a life of intermittent recycling bin theft? Uh, that could that could be so. But I feel like there are some measures we could take to prevent that that don't involve spying on all of the neighbors. Is it possible that you're going to find yourself uh, with a with a recycling bin filled with ever nerdier miscellany like Warhammer figurines, model paints? <laughs> <laughs> Could Robert Jordan books <laughs> ham radio equipment <laughs> <laughs> triangulation devices Elliot yeah. how do you feel about your chances uh, well I think I misjudged how cool the plan was um, I think I burning equipment is automatically cool <laughs> I had to come out of my chambers to laugh at that beautifully weird line. <laughs> well, I only got as far as filming and giving the dirty look, and that really has been enough for me and and sustained my excitement about it, but it seems like I should have come up with more. What, uh, how would yeah. you characterize your dirty look? Like when you're mad dogging, <laughs> When you're yeah. giving somebody a stink face, tell me a little bit about what 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 that person will see. Narrow uh, eyes. Well, they narrowed eyes, uh, furrowed brow, de definitely. Um, maybe a crinkled up nose. Are you a naturally? You sound naturally physically intimidating. Um. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I'm. <laughs> I, I'm intimidating to a narrow, narrow subset. Uh, <laughs> maybe a Dungeons and Dragons player would be intimidated by me. You're, in, you're intimidating to uh, 
what people p- people who've tried to solve a Rubik's cube faster than you have. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, Elliot, Rachel, we'll see what Judge John Hodgman has to say about all of this when we come back in just a minute. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org. And they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist and Wired Magazine. Right now you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step-by-step, day-by-day, bird-by-bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. I misjudged how cool the plan was. (laughs) 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 Was it a cool plan? (laughs) <laughs> it's less cool than he'd hoped. Getting a, 
getting a creepy surveillance camera and putting it in my downstairs neighbor's window to catch the guy or woman or people who may or may not be stealing my recycling bin. That's you know what? You're right. I apologize. That's the coolest heist I've ever heard of. <laughs> That's really going to bowl him over at Uncle Con. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope I hope you haven't sold I hope you haven't sold the movie rights to this plan cuz this is cra- this is crazy. Ocean's 14. Yeah, exactly. I have the perfect plan. <laughs> And then, and then when I have that information, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> no, it's 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 not a cool plan. Let's acknowledge, let's acknowledge that it's not a cool plan, especially since, as Jesse pointed out, you're you're borrowing the camera from your dad, who is using it to spy on birds in his bird bath. <laughs> and there is something profoundly. Uh, uh, weird. There, there's a there's a, a definite creeping weird dadism to the moment you buy a camera to spy on your neighbors. Uh, you know, like that's that speaks to a, a moment where you 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 reach that weird dad phase where you have a lot of time on your hands and your misanthropy and distrust of others is is growing at a disproportionate rate. And you and you're ready to uh, to watch the world uh, angrily through a camera rather than engage with people in in in, in real life. That's uh, that's. I'm not saying this with any value judgment. I'm just saying. What is your age, Elliot? Uh, Twenty eight. Yeah, you're a little young, a little young to be started to be doing some paranoid camera activity in your in your house <laughs> or in your neighbor's house, as it were. And I have every reason to believe that uh, Rachel is uh, right, that a note of some kind on your bin will likely have an ameliorative ameliorative effect. That means make it better Mm -hmm. uh, and would probably probably, uh, be a good first step in terms of stopping this inconvenience which is literally all that it is and and a, a an inconvenience but i actually take that back because it is not just an inconvenience it is a weird inconvenience it's a strange inconvenience it reminds me of the time when people are messing with stuff that you leave outside and and uh and 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 imposing their their lives in trackable ways onto things that you uh, that you trust uh, to the outside world, such as the time when I had parked my car in a place where I could see it on the streets of New York City from my office window, and I watched a guy walk up to it casually, open the trunk of the car as though he had a key to it, he had some kind of skeleton key, and put a weird plastic shopping bag that I later found out was full of rusted tools into the trunk of my car and walked away. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah. And this was on the human plane, not the spectral plane? This is in real life. It was in real life, and I didn't need a weird dad GoPro to see it because I was just watching it happen in real time. And, you know, imagine, it, it, you know, that was weird enough to see and, and completely uncanny and un, unexplainable. Uh, and I never did find out why he did it. I just went out there and opened the trunk and found this plastic shopping bag full of rusted tools and put them on the street and moved my car. But it would have been even more mysterious and, and strange 
if one day I, the next day I went and I got my car and decided to put something in the trunk and found a completely inexplicable bag of mystery tools, uh, that had emerged in my lock trunk, uh, like a ghost appearing out of nowhere. And I would have wanted to know how did it get there? And so I will say this, there are two goals. You are working on opposite goals, not opposite, I should say, but two different goals. Rachel, you just want this to stop. Mm-hmm. Elliot, yes. you want to know what's happening. And those yeah. are those are goals that dovetail to a certain degree, because if you know what's happening, you might be able to form a strategy for stopping it. Uh, but the truth is, uh, you are less interested in wanting it to stop than you are finding out who's doing it and getting a picture of this weird soul who is leaving Dungeons and Dragons books and moving on with his or her life uh, and stealing your stuff. And, and, you know, for the most part, I would say Rachel's position of just simply attaching a note or, or, you know, painting a note or somehow uh, 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 entering a plea to the world, don't steal our stuff. Think about it. Uh, is really the proper first step. The problem is that uh, you brought this case to my court, and now I want to know too. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want the solution to this mystery, even though I appreciate that the solution to the mystery might be as mysterious as the mystery itself. For example, I still don't know, even though I watched the man put the tools in my trunk, I still don't know what he was doing or what particular crime of murder or thievery he had used those tools for and had to get rid of them. Even so, I'm glad that I saw that happen. And, uh, and so I, wa- I too want to know who in Portland, Maine is stealing your recycling bin. And, uh, and so I'm sorry, Rachel, I, I have to, <laughs> even though the plan is not cool and maybe creepy. <laughs> I do think it's legal. I'd double check that if I were you. But uh, I absolutely order uh, the, the plaintiff <laughs> to install a camera in his downstairs neighbor's window and to, and to, and to, and to take some surveillance and do a a virtual stakeout. And uh, also to, if he discovers if photographs or footage of the, of the culprit to, uh, they have to be made available on maximumfun.org and the judge John Hodgman site. So we can all take a look. I love this a lot. (laughs) I can't wait. I can't wait to start featuring the uh, if we could do it as a live webcam, I wouldn't even mind it. Then, then it could be a, an ongoing feature on the Judge John Hodgman site, the 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 Portland, Maine garbage cam, <laughs> and we'll all get to, we'll all get to the bottom of this together. So, I therefore, and I also suggest that you might want to investigate. They have all kinds of um, tracking devices that you can buy uh, at mm. uh, you know little little things you stick onto. Uh, your computers and your and your keys, you tag them onto your keys. There are many, many different brands of Bluetooth and or Wi-Fi tracking devices. The best brand is Batman brand. Batman, <laughs> Batman brand. Recommend. Yeah, yeah. And, Duly noted. Yeah, I mean, I, I that Batman brand is obviously the best brand. As far as what adhesive you would use to stick it to your recycling container, I well, leave that to, to the host to of the podcast to yeah. find out about that. Am I right, guys? Yeah, I'd leave that to the host of stick it to them. 
but that but guy sounds like an expert. Without it, without it, without naming a particular brand, there, there. I just did a search, and there are all bunch of them, and they're very. Some of them are very discreet, and you just stick them to something, and then then you can even double your surveillance capabilities, and you will get to the bottom of this very very carefully. And my guess is that when you find out who's doing it, it will it will be someone who you will not want to confront or yell at. I think at the point that you capture someone in the act and know who it is, my suggestion to you would be simply collect that intelligence and sit on it for for the time being and then uh, in, include a note saying, uh, we, know, uh, we know that you are taking this and we really ask you not to do it. And also, we know what you look like and where you live. This is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Rachel, how do you feel right now? You know, I feel a little disappointed, but I can say that I'm not curious to watch this video video footage. So I'm I, that's mitigating my disappointment a little bit. Elliot, are you already working on your blueprint for uh, perhaps a cooler response when you capture this criminal? The judge told me to bide my time and not confront them. So that maybe I'll work on a cool note to put on the recycling <laughs> bin for once we do capture them. Well, I mean, once your time has been bided, you know, that'll, that'll give you an opportunity to build up the gumption you need to respond appropriately. Obviously, you can bring that back to the judge as necessary. But I would recommend contacting a muscle man such as Mr. T. Ooh. Yeah, if he's available... I'll certainly do that. Well, I'm not his agent. You're going to have to talk to his representatives. You know, I'm not his legal representative. I do have power of attorney over Mr. T. I should explain that that's, that's exclusively related to things like, you know, hospital stays and so on and so forth. Well, Elliot, Rachel, thank you so much for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Thank, thank you. you. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Judge John Hodgman, take a look at this. I wasn't stealing your trash bin. (laughs) I was, uh... 
I was just, I just, I just, cool. I just dropped something in it, and I needed to get it back. I was just going to show you this cool picture of a squirrel that my automatic bird feeder camera took. <laughs> I, uh, I, I am have a a property in Maine as of last year, and lots of our neighbors have those uh, 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 motion activated. Uh, cameras that keep an eye on their property, even if they're full-time residents, to see what kind of they're curious to see what kind of weird animals are wandering through their their yards. And then the guy who was cutting down trees on our property, Toby, uh, actually uh, recovered a bunch of stolen uh, tools and equipment because he had that were stolen out of his shed because they had a picture of the guy doing it. So I'm all I'm all for I'm all for the surveillance. I'm all for surveillance when it's citizen to citizen. Got it. Maybe we should get like a Rand Paul on the show to give us a few guidelines on what is and isn't appropriate surveillance. Yeah, that's a great idea. Let's get presidential candidate Rand Paul on the show. If any of you guys are out there and you have presidential candidate Rand Paul's phone number. Give him a call on our behalf. Yeah. Don't give him the phone number. Don't give us the phone number. Give him a call on our behalf. Let him know we're interested in talking about surveillance, but specifically surveillance of recycling bins. We don't want to get involved in a whole bunch of other baloney. You know what I mean? Honestly, I would have any presidential candidate on as a guest guest bailer for expert witness. And even Carly Fiorina. The former Hewlett-Packard executive? Yeah, she just announced that she's uh, running and not planning to win the presidency. <laughs> she just wants to bring up a, a few ink cartridge-related issues. She wa- yeah, she, she, wa- she wants to move the discussion. <laughs> Judge Hodgman, are you live on tour across this great nation? I will be traveling in specific parts of the country, specifically Los Angeles on June 11th. At Largo at the Coronet, there will be a meeting of a secret society. That's all I can say about that. You can find out the rest yourself. Then, in June 22nd, I will be arriving for the very first time in any part of West Virginia, specifically Charleston, West Virginia, its capital, to perform as part of the big arts festival that's happening that weekend, the Festival. It's actually longer than the weekend. You can get tickets for that by going to festivalcharleston.com. That's festival with an L, Charleston, as in charleston.com. And then uh, June 27th, I will be manning the comedy stage at Wilco's Solid Sound Festival in North Adams, Massachusetts, along with Paul F. Tompkins, Tignataro, Jessica Williams, and the gentlemen of the Super Ego podcast, including our editor, Mark McConville, and our former editor, Matt Gorley. And of course, Jeremy Carter rounds out the group with Paul F. Tompkins. That's the Super Ego podcast. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then I go away for a couple of months into New England where I'm going to be spying on people with my remote cameras. And then I come back to Boston, Massachusetts, the Wilbur Theater, uh, where I've had so many fun times before to present my all-new comedy show, Vacation Land. It will be my only appearance in New England. So if you're in uh, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Vermont, Rhode Island, or Maine... You will please want to come down to the Wilbur. Tickets are on sale now at the Wilbur, and you can get all the information about these appearances at johnhodgman.com slash tour. I have some really great episodes of uh, my NPR show, Bullseye, with Jesse Thorne, 
this week you have Vince Staples, the uh, great young rapper from uh, from Long Beach, California. It's a really amazing conversation. He's a really fascinating guy. Um, uh, whether or not you care at all about his music, he's a he's an exceptionally fascinating guy with a really really open-hearted, uh, shockingly open-hearted uh, approach to talking about his background. Um, and next week on Bullseye with Jesse Thorne, Corin Tucker of the rock and roll band Slater Kinney. Slater Kinney. Well-known rock and roll band from the Pacific Northwest. Uh, yeah. Corin Tucker, such an awesome lady. And I found out a Bullseye with Jesse Thorne fan, by the way. Oh, how about that? Yeah, she told me she and her husband, the director Lance Bangs, yes. like to listen to Bullseye with Jesse Thorne when they're driving their kids to school. Well, it's a good it's a good thing to listen to because Jesse, you are one of the best interviewers in the business of interviewing and you have an amazing taste and your guests are always interesting even when I haven't heard of them and sometimes especially when I haven't heard of them like this Vince Staples character. You know, I'm a big fan of the rapper Dan Office Depot. True. So, his hated rival. Yeah, but I, but I'll give I'll give Staples a listen. Um, so listen to those. I am sure you have a podcast player open in your pocket right now or something like that. Go subscribe to Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. Check it out. I think you'll like it. I agree. Um, this week's episode was named by Sandra Mackey. Thank you, Sandra Mackey. Possibly Sandra Mackey. Okay. Could be Sandra McKay. Uh, one way or another, thank you to her... Uh, or him, whatever the name may be. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a really weird spelling of Nellie Mackay. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Our thanks to songstress Nellie Mackay. Um, if you would like to name a future episode of the Judge John Hodgman podcast, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jesse Thorne, and John is at Hodgman. And most importantly, like us on Facebook. Just search for Judge John Hodgman. There's also a Judge John Hodgman Facebook group and a MaximumFun.org Facebook group where there is lots of fun discussion of the show every week. You can also talk about the show on Reddit at MaximumFun.reddit.com where there's always tons of Judge John Hodgman chat. Me and Julia get in there pretty regularly. And you can talk about it on Twitter. Hashtag it. Hashtag JJHO. Both John and I love to read your feedback there. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. There is a form there by which you can submit your case. No case too big or small. Judge John Hodgman considers them all. That's all okay. for this week. Right? I do consider them all. It's almost all things considered up in here. <laughs> That's all there is this week on Judge John Hodgman. We'll talk to you next week on Stick It To Him. Thank you. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.